Welcome to the $100 MBA show, where we are in the business of making sure your business gets built with our daily 10-minute business lessons for the real world. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Omar Zenholm. I'm also the co-founder of the $100 MBA, a complete business training and community online. And today is a guest teacher lesson, a special guest teacher, New York Times bestseller, Michael Port. He is the acclaimed author of industry-leading books like The Think Big Manifesto and Book Yourself Solid. He's also known for setting new standards as a keynote speaker, capturing his audience's attention and delivering impactful, memorable public presentations. And a lot of that is due to the fact that Michael is a trained actor and was featured in movies like The Pelican Brief and shows like Third Watch, Sex in the City, and Law and Order. Michael knows how to speak in public. So much so that a few weeks ago, Nicole and I traveled to San Francisco to attend an intensive workshop called Heroic Public Speaking. Michael and his co-teacher Amy Mead took our public speaking skills to the next level, and I've even seen significant improvements in my performance here on the podcast. So today, Michael will be teaching us a lesson on heroic public speaking. At some point as an entrepreneur, we're going to have to speak in public. And today, Michael is going to give us some proven techniques to help us be our best on stage. Take it away, Michael. Hi, this is Michael Port. Thanks so much for joining me today. On HeroicPublicSpeaking.com, I offer a guide. It's 50 tips you can't afford to ignore if you want to wow your audience and win praise every time. And I'm going to walk you through as many of these tips as I possibly can in the next seven and a half minutes. And of course, if you want the remaining tips, you can go to HeroicPublicSpeaking.com and you can get them there. The speech, any speech that you give starts with your bio before you walk on stage. That's number one. That means that your introduction, which of course we call a bio, should be powerful and impressive. Don't worry about being bombastic or self-congratulatory. You can immediately disarm the audience with something sincere and self-effacing as soon as you open your mouth. So for example, uh, I might say, Um, how can you tell how much BS exists in any one particular field or industry? And they'll think, and I'll say, ah, count the number of books written about it. And I've written five, so what does that tell you? And then I can go on to talk about how I promise I'll do everything I can to keep as much BS out of this as possible. Now, often a disembodied announcer or the person who invited you will normally give you uh, the introduction. That's fine. In fact, it's great if they introduce you with gushing praise. Uh, And it sounds a bit phony if, if you talk about yourself that way. Just remember, when somebody introduces you, you've got to give them the specific words that you want them to use and work on it with them because nine times out of ten, they'll mangle. They will mangle your bio. But if you work on it with them beforehand so that they rehearse it a bit, then they'll do a better job. Number two, you don't actually have to tell them what you're going to tell them. You've heard it before. Tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. It's not bad advice, and it is absolutely appropriate in many situations, but it doesn't have to be that way. After all, every other speaker is doing it. If you're going to make your audiences sit up and pay attention, wouldn't it be worth doing something that every other speaker isn't doing? So try a pattern interrupt instead. Open with a surprise, a shock, or an interaction. Open with something that makes a connection or something that entertains or something that leaves you exposed. Be different, be memorable. When 
somebody goes to watch a show or they watch a film or they watch a TV show, uh, the script writer doesn't say, listen, this is what's going to happen. And then it happens. And then they tell you this is what happened. It'll take all the fun out of it. You need to be on your seat. They want you to be on edge waiting. Oh my God, what's going to happen next? And if you tell them everything that's going to happen, then you take all the excitement and anticipation out of it. You've got to balance that with them not knowing where you're going and being uncomfortable about it. But if they are comfortable with you and where you're going, then they'll go with you for the ride. Number three, cut, cut, cut. I often see, and you often see, extraneous detail added into stories and speeches that disrupt the flow. So cut to the meat, cut to the chase. Include specifics at critical parts of the story. But you don't need to pad out your speech to make an impact. Instead, you need to focus with intention on what's important. Your audience needs a lot less information to get the aha moment than you might think. Number four, an entire story is designed to serve the end. Whatever precedes the punchline must serve the payoff. See point number three, which I just shared. So do I need to know what color socks you're wearing or how long it took you to get here today? When you tell me the story, if I don't, cut it. Tip number five, establish right away that you know what the world looks like to them and what it could look like. Vividly paint the picture. All world-saving performances are transformational. They're transformational experiences for the audience. So start out by showing here's what you've got today, but here's how it could be. And this builds immediate rapport and it hooks the audience's interest. You know them, you understand them, you've got their back, and you've got a better way. Tip number six, you must reward them for doing something or contributing in some way. Don't encourage interaction just to ignore it. Your audience isn't made up of dumb animals. They don't need treats. Instead, they're sentient and intelligent living beings who need simple acknowledgement. So imagine being asked to participate in something, whether it's holding a door open for a friend or running a project and not even getting a nod of thanks in return. So you start to feel bad right away. If someone asks you a question when you're giving a presentation, acknowledge it as if it is the greatest question you have ever heard, which means don't say great question unless you say that to every single person asking you a question because if you say great question to one person and the five people before didn't get that same response, then they all go, oh, I guess my question wasn't a great question. So if someone asks you a question, acknowledge them. I saw a speaker, very, very, very well-known speaker recently, answer a question by shutting down the person asking the question by saying, that's a stupid question. I couldn't believe it. I literally almost fell out of my seat. He didn't like the question that was asked, so he said it was a stupid question. I saw people who were standing in line to ask questions literally turn around and go back to their seats and sit down because I'll tell you what, nobody wants to be ridiculed in front of thousands of people. And that's exactly what happened there. Even if he didn't like the question, he could have said, yes, I really hear what you're saying. And you could think about it this way. Have you thought about this? A complete reframe could have been handled in an instant and everybody would have felt supported in that room. Number seven, use an open hand with your palm up 
rather than pointing at your audience. Speakers often point at their audience. And in some cultures, that can actually be offensive. But even if it's not necessarily offensive in the culture, it still feels accusatory. Point, 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 point. Now, that doesn't mean you never point. Maybe you need to, you want to, to make a specific point, no pun intended. But if you open your hand with your palms up, you're extending an invitation. You're making an offering. So I say you, then it's one hand. If it's we, it's two hands coming together. So that open palm is very, very compelling. It's very appealing to people. Tip number eight, people say yes when we've affected them intellectually, emotionally, or physically. So can you include those three elements in your presentation? Can you give them intellectual gristle to chew on? Can you make them gasp or cry or laugh with an emotional connection? Can you get them physically engaged? Learn how and start today. Those are eight of the 50 tips that you can get at heroicpublicspeaking.com. Many of them will surprise you and delight you. So thanks so much for being here. This is Michael Port signing off. Keep thinking big about who you are and what you offer the world. Bye for now. Wow, every single one of those tips was powerful and original. I've never heard of these tips before. I met Michael, and I've been studying public speaking for some time. So good. Thank you so much, Michael. If you want to learn more about taking your public speaking skills to the next level with Michael and Amy, as Nicole and I did, and want to grab all 50 of Michael's tips for free, visit 100mba.net slash heroic. Thank you so much for listening to The $100 MBA Show. If you love the show and want to show your support, please take two minutes to drop us an iTunes rating review. Everyone who leaves us an iTunes rating review enters our weekly draw to win a free ride to the $100 MBA training and community. You can learn more at 100mba.net slash show. Here's a review from Schweppe. Great info to start a business. Five stars. Short and to the point with excellent content. If you're about to start a business, you need to listen to every episode of this podcast. Thanks, Schweppe, for that great review. And thank you so much for everybody who's dropped us a review at iTunes and showing your support by listening to this show. Thank you so much. Guys, I want to leave you with this. Those two days that Nicole and I spent with Michael and Amy in their heroic public speaking workshop reminded me of two things. One, how important it is for us as entrepreneurs to always find people that are better at something we want to improve in and utilize what they have to offer to improve. You know, we're not going to be perfect at everything. You know, there's going to be people that are a lot better at us at something, and it's good to find those people and find out how they can help you improve. And two, to set new challenges for yourself. My challenge for 2015 is to get on stage more and speak publicly about what I believe can positively impact people in business. We as entrepreneurs are creators and really need to always be creating and challenging ourselves to keep on growing. All right, guys, thanks again for listening, and I'll check you guys in the next episode. Take care.